Hello, and welcome to Living in Retrospect, a podcast for self-healers and anyone seeking joy and meaning in life. I'm your host, Ella Bolin. I've been blogging over at Living in Retrospect for over a decade, sharing my own personal refining fires and challenges as I sought healing within and then without the Mormon church and the modern medical system. Ultimately, it was only by going inward and reconnecting with myself, the basics of life and nature that I was able to find self-healing, my long buried personal identity and the joy grandma told me not to lose. Now I'm sharing the gospel of self-healing through simple things. We can't heal the wounds of our present day until we understand the dramatic differences between what we are meant to be and what we are. Our environment is not conducive to life, even if it is conducive to societal growth, and we must individually restructure our lives and our environments for health and happiness. Living with an eye to the past, our personal past and humanity's past, allows us to learn from it. And I believe healing really does happen in hindsight. No matter where you are on your own journey, you're welcome here. Come in, take a seat by the fire, and let us commune together. I hope you can find something to take with you on your journey to make the path a bit lighter. Hello, and welcome to Living in Retrospect. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you all, but I have to admit I'm also a little bit nervous. This is a controversial topic, and it is very vulnerable. This is just a very real piece of my soul, so please know that as we begin. We're going to be talking today about guns and the weapons of man, both my relationship and understanding and feelings about guns over the past several years, and my own experience of holding and shooting a gun for the first time. Now, I was raised in a very urban environment and in a very liberal family, We were not gun supporters. (laughs) I never would have imagined that I would even want to try shooting a gun. If you'd asked me 10 years ago if I ever would hold a gun, I would have told you no. But things change. People change. And so why now? Why did this need start bubbling up inside of me? There are three reasons. The first one was that I started growing in my connection to the land and my relationship to food started to change. And I started wondering what it would be like to hunt and really provide my own food for myself, for my family. I've gotten into buying large pieces of meat from the butcher, breaking them down myself, We bought a whole pig last fall. And these are things that I've really found a lot of pleasure, joy, and connection in. And so even though I was terrified of guns, I felt this need to understand the taking of life by them. So that was one aspect of it. I thought, maybe I can overcome this fear. Maybe I can become a hunter and I can provide my own food. The other thing was that I looked around me and the world just was getting dark and scary. 
there was something inside of me that just started calling out as a need to understand the weapons of man, to confront my fear. And that is the third part, which was my fear of guns, which was crippling. (laughs) I was frozen if I encountered a gun. They were terrifying to me. I just knew that I needed to overcome that. I didn't want anything to have that kind of power over me. And I knew that not understanding how they worked was a big part of that. So I figured if I could just overcome that aspect, that lack of understanding, if I could get on the other side of it, then guns wouldn't have that power over me. So those are the things that drove me to this experience. And it really can't be overstated just how much the realization that even I, as I mean, I would consider myself a bit of a pacifist, even I would rise to defend certain things. And as I've grown in age, as I've encountered more of the world, I've had to ask myself, what are those things that I would stand up to protect? What are those experiences that would call me to arms? Are there any? And what I've learned is that there are. I wanted to understand guns so that if anything ever happened where I was in a position and needed to, I wouldn't be frozen and incapacitated by my own fear and inexperience with them. So without further ado, here is the essay that I wrote about guns and the weapons of man and my own experience encountering them. Here's what I'm learning. The time may come when we are called to bear arms, not by someone outside of ourselves, but by the very desire within us to protect that which weapons slay. No matter how far we dig, we find evidence of war and violence. We are beasts, but we are also more than beasts. There is something in me that has never been able to bear the sight of a weapon because my soul cries out at its mere presence. The pain, the anguish, the heartbreak and destruction that have flooded this earth with blood at all times. And, inevitably, in the improvement of the weapon's form, some forward march towards self-annihilation, as though man himself hungers for man's destruction. Weapons are used to destroy innocence. So, those who seek wisdom cannot stand by in passive innocence, ignorant to the fact that destruction waits in the fields around us. We have no towers, no high places, no fortifications. Where will we ascend to, and what will be lost, should destruction fall like wolves upon us? Is it not, therefore, the duty of all good humans to understand the weapons of man, that we may rise up to use them if called upon to do so by our own best conscience? It used to be difficult for me to imagine a world where modern convenience and civility evaporated or exploded. But now, 
I have seen it on every screen I encounter, reflected in so many persons whose eyes are all the same, whose eyes are all my own. So I, a pacifist, and I, a woman sent into a traumatic state of frozen terror by the mere appearance of a gun, knew that I had to understand this weapon of men, knew that I had to understand this conqueror of humankind and destroyer of the land who nurtured her. I felt the need springing forth inside of me as I watched grandmothers plant sunflower seeds in their pockets. It laid dormant in me for a while, as tensions and events in the world affirmed it again and again. But the truth is that I never could have brought myself to exercise this burgeoning need to understand a gun if I hadn't been lucky enough to find the perfect person to help me learn. He's an expert in guns, but also a deep respecter of the land. Despite his easy familiarity, he started at the very basics, recognizing and patiently tailoring the experience to account for my apprehension. He spent significant time helping me know when a gun is loaded and not loaded, and whether or not the safety is on, and generally just making sure I felt comfortable in the presence of an unloaded gun before we headed outside. He lives significantly off of his land, and that is a large part of why I felt so honored to have him teach me how to shoot. I had just eaten squirrel he'd harvested himself, and as we walked to his shooting range, I passed the place where he cleans them. Like all areas of their homestead, it was crafted by his hands with the mind of a scientist and the eye of an artist, mostly from the raw materials of the land at hand. Every step of the experience was harder than I had imagined. Just being in the presence of a gun really did historically give me a freeze response before this encounter. I felt it necessary to overcome my trepidation around guns as a matter of personal growth as much as anything else. I don't want anything in the world to have that much power over my mind. I knew that a large part of my fear was not understanding how they worked, and this friend patiently took the time to educate me to my level of comfort. But still, each step to that range was an exercise in willpower. I felt the heaviness of what I was about to do, but I knew I had to do it, and I knew that this friend was the only person I would trust enough in both his humanity and his expertise to teach me. He had taken the time to adapt a gun similar to one my father-in-law has, with a different slide so that it would be easier for me to shoot, I don't even fully understand what this means, and he didn't make a big deal out of it, but it was meaningful to us, especially as the one my father-in-law has was the one his father was issued by the Navy and used in Pearl Harbor. He survived that fateful day, brandishing his weapon to the sky. That gun has always seemed like a symbol for the fighting spirit that lives on in the fire of my husband's soul. The gun was heavy, and just being in its presence was a challenge. Holding it was terrifying. It took a long time and several assurances to make sure I was holding it correctly before I felt comfortable sliding the safety down. Still, I could barely imagine pulling the trigger, but that was all that was left to do. They told me how to aim. I lined the target up in my sights. I breathed. Part of me still could not believe I was doing this. And yet, I felt drawn forward by destiny, 
or perhaps just the pervasive need to prove to myself that I could. Either way, destiny faded or chosen, it felt inevitable. Pulling the trigger was a near out of body experience. I didn't hit a damn thing. I yelled out. I swear I saw the explosion out of the end of the gun slower than it happened. It hung in my mind a moment, longer than a moment, still. All I could think about was the fact that that sound can mean death. So often means death, has so often meant death. I felt it ring out in my bones as it echoed around the stones. I had to take a moment to steady my stance once I understood how the gun would explode. But I also just had to take a moment to steady myself. I shot the rest of the bullets and tried moving closer, but I didn't shoot a thing. Then, he had me put the safety back on. He put that gun away and pulled one out that had a silencer on it. I was feeling a bit more at ease after breathing and not holding the gun for a few minutes. But I was pretty sure I was finished at that point. I was struck by how much the experience was impacting me. Then, he and my husband encouraged me to try the one with the silencer. Our friend said he uses the silencers when he hunts because he appreciates being able to get multiple animals at once. They really do eat a lot of wild game from their land, so this is not just shooting for him. It's a way of life. My husband told me it's rare for someone to have a silencer because the licensing is hard to get. And so, with a bit of apprehension, I decided to try it as well. Life is meant to be lived, and I came to the shooting range to confront my fear of guns. When I tried this gun, I managed to hit the target the first several times, even though dusk was falling. I went through just a few shy of all the bullets loaded. Doing well enough, I impressed my friend before saying I didn't need to do any more. It was getting dark, which was impacting vision, so it was a good time to stop. But the truth was that after hearing several bullets hit the metal target, I really didn't need to do any more. I had set out to do what I had accomplished. I had conquered that thing which has conquered all things. I had overcome my fear and learned how to handle a gun to the point that it won't freeze me if I see one and I can handle and shoot one if I have to. Going into this experience, I thought perhaps I would enjoy hunting because I hunger for a closer relationship to the land that sustains me. I really thought it would be like driving where once I understood the dangers and the mechanics, my aversion would go away. But my gut response actually showed me I really do not like guns. Something about them reminds me too painfully and too potently of the violence of man, and I was unable to detach that from the experience even under the best of circumstances. If I had to hunt to survive, now I have the skills that I could do it through a bit of practice but I think I will stick to processing and preparing and let those who are meant to wield weapons do the hunting. Is it strange that I think I could wring a chicken's neck or bleed out a pig before shooting a deer? Perhaps it is that I feel too much a part of the wildlife around me now. Perhaps it is just that I have seen too many instances of men hunting humans like others hunt gazelles. Either way, I just couldn't hold the gun or pull the trigger without tasting of the blood of humanity. May we stop the tide. Please understand, this is not to say guns don't have a place in society. 
responsible gun owners are a necessity, and I actually do encourage everyone to learn how to handle a gun like I did. We cannot deny the prevalence of guns in our society, and we must all be prepared for what we will do should we ever face one. For my part, I want the good people of my country armed, so that if killers descend from the sky onto a scene of peaceful music, there will be warriors standing guard. I don't want to be that warrior, but I have the skills now that if violence tries to enter my home, I can deter it in the same way so many nurturing peacekeepers have been forced to throughout time. So there you have it. That's my post on the weapons of man and guns. I'm sure it's far too liberal to please the conservatives in your life, far too conservative to please the liberals in your life, but such is life and such is me. I've always been in the middle trying to get people on disparate sides of an issue to look each other in the eyes and admit that we're all human and we have far more in common than we have that divides us. You know, this essay made me think of a poem I wrote when I was a little girl. I was in middle school and I'll have to find it. Perhaps I'll put it in here at some point. But it was about the pen being mightier than the sword and the poet wielding their pen in a sword fight, ultimately being cut to pieces and having ink spilled on the ground. (laughs) And you know, my pen, my words, they really are my arms, my weapon, my guns that I have to wield in this world. And I think that for a long time, that fear, that subconscious fear that is kind of encapsulated in that poem I wrote as a little girl, that words and stories ultimately can lead to physical violence. I didn't fully understand that then, but subconsciously I must have internalized it. And I do think that for a long time now I have let fear get in the way of me speaking truth. And I will not do that anymore. I will stand because there are things that will call me to arms and that require me to speak. And while this episode has been about guns and the weapons of man, in some ways it also has been about me reclaiming my own weapons, my own arms, my own voice, and my willingness to raise them when needed, when called upon by my own conscience to do so. And I hope that even if you aren't going to take this and go out and take a shooting lesson, if that's not something you've ever done, or even if you are an avid hunter and quite the marksman yourself, and this just does not at all resonate with your life experience and you've just been listening out of curiosity, I hope that you can take that piece of it with you because ultimately this was about me reclaiming my own power and not allowing anything to have power over me. I recognized that there was something that scared me. I recognized that there was a point in my psyche 
of tension where I needed to push. I needed to push in order to get to the other side. And in exercising that moment of will, in wielding that gun that I knew was a terrifying thing for me to do in overcoming it, I was able to have a transformative experience that led to me writing this essay. And ultimately this essay, yes, it is my feelings and my thoughts about the weapons of man and guns, but it also was a powerful thing that moved through me very quickly and viscerally after I shot that gun. Something changed in me and the world reordered itself in my mind a little bit because I pushed myself to have an experience that I would not have otherwise had without pushing myself. In doing so, I really do feel like I have reclaimed a large portion of my power. And in processing it and in processing my thoughts and feelings about weapons and guns at the same time that I have been resurrecting the blog and starting these podcasts and trying to speak out about the painful things that happened to me in the Mormon church and giving other people a place to speak out about painful things that have happened to them. All of this was able to coalesce in my mind because I had a powerful experience that I put myself in a position to have at a time when I was seeking meaning within it. And I think we can do this just as a matter of life. I think this is the way to live and to grow, is to seek those points of tension in our own psyche, in our own the fear, those things that hold us back. It doesn't have to be shooting a gun. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything specific. But whatever that thing is for you, I hope that you will find the courage to go out and overcome it and seek the meaning in it look to it as a source of meaning see what you can find in the metaphors and in the visceral reaction you have to the experience of overcoming that fear and you might be surprised what you find there I do want to take a second to thank my friend I could not have done this without him And I don't know if he will listen to this or not, but it was very meaningful to be able to have this experience with someone that I felt safe with and who was really holding my hand through the process and making sure I had the experience I needed to. If you are uncomfortable with guns, if you are unfamiliar with guns and you decide that you want to go shooting, please please make sure that you have your own guide that you trust to help teach you and make sure that you are being safe. I really thank you for listening to this whole episode. I hope that you can go out and find your own experiences that transform your life and make you into the person you want to be. Life is about living. Life is about 
seeking and changing and growing and experiencing. And every day is an opportunity to do that one way or another. So push yourself, have experiences, do new things, do the things that scare you and learn that you're capable of doing them because you will surprise yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Living in Retrospect, a podcast for self-healers and anyone seeking joy and meaning in life. As a reminder, I'm your host, Ella Bolin. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today, and I hope you enjoyed our time together. If you did, you can help share the power of healing and everything else I'm talking about by leaving a review and or subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen and sharing your favorite episodes with friends or on social media. Speaking of social media, I'd love to connect. Check out the link in the show notes to find all the places I hang out online, including my other podcasts. Feel free to drop a line if you're interested in being on the podcast or just want to say hello. I love connecting with other self-healers and genuine humans. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget, keep living in retrospect because healing really does happen in hindsight.